This is the Kingdom at Hand from Hosanna Free Lutheran Church in St. James, Minnesota, and I am Pastor Joe Faldet. I hope the sermon will be a blessing to you today as we look at blindness and what we can learn about Samson's and the Philistines' blindness. May God bless you through this. Our sermon today is going to be taken from Judges 16, verses 18 through 31. And I read in Jesus' name, Judges 16, verses 18 through 31. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up again, for he has told me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hands. She made him sleep on her knees. And she called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Philistines had left him. And the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles. And he ground at the mill at the prison. But the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered to offer now the lords of the Philistines gathered to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. And they said, Our God has given Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, Our God has given our enemy into our hand, the ravager of our country, who has killed many of us. And when their hearts were merry, they said, Call Samson, that he may entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he entertained them. They made him stand between the pillars. And Samson said to the young men who held him by the hand, Let me feel the pillars on which the house rests, that I may lean against them. Now the house was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there. And on the roof there were, three, there were about 3,000 men and women who looked on while Samson entertained. Then Samson called to the Lord and said, O Lord God, please remember me and please strengthen me only this once. O God, that I may be avenged on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson grasped the two middle pillars on which the house rested, and he leaned his weight against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. Then he bowed with all his strength, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people who were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he had killed during his life. Then his brothers and all his family came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Ashtol in the tomb of Manoah, his father. He had judged Israel twenty years. Let us pray. Father, as we come now to study and to apply this passage into our lives, I ask that you would be glorified. Lord, that you would be at work in our souls and in our minds. Lord, in our emotions, changing us. Indeed, making us more like Christ. Father, we need you, and we thank you. Thank you for this story. Lord, thank you for recording history for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So what's going on here? This is the end of Samson. Uh, we're coming up to the closing of his story. It's quite a story. Uh, probably one of the best-known judges, you know, between him and Gideon. Most people know about Jephthah, I suppose, too. But... Samson's story, again, ends in tragedy. 
But it's an interesting tragedy because the physical reflects the spiritual. The physical reflects what's going on in Samson's life. And so finally, towards the end of his life, Samson becomes blinded physically. The issue is that Samson's always been kind of blinded spiritually. That Samson's been always kind of blinded relationally. And the Philistines, who are the ones that blinded Samson, they're also blind themselves. And so there's a lot of blindness going on, which is why I entitled today's sermon, Blindness. Because that's what's happening in this story. We're starting to see the blindness that exists for the Philistines and for Samson. And so as, as we get into it, what's the first sort of blindness that Samson's dealing with? What's the, the inner blindness that, that he's been experiencing? Well, one way to think about it, one way to, um, to discuss it would be the blindness that Samson has in his relationships. And Samson's got a lot of blindness in his relationships. Because Delilah, Delilah is the finality. She is the culmination of all of the shallow relationships that Samson has had up to this point. And, and when I say that, I really mean it. That Delilah is the finality. She is the logical endpoint for the way that Samson's been treating people all his life. Because, you know, we see Samson with the first uh, wife that he has, the way that he treats his mother and his father. We see the way that Samson treats his wife, leaving her behind while he goes and goes to his mother and his father. And then as he comes back, he seeks to appease her with the bringing of a young goat. Well, he's been gone a whole growing season. He's probably been gone for three months. And he thinks that, well, I'll just bring this goat and I will appease this woman. So he's not going after this Philistine woman because she was godly, because she was deep, because she was intelligent. He went after her because she was pretty. She was right in his eyes. Even though his father and his mother didn't appreciate it, that they wanted him to go after an Israelite girl, um, Samson didn't listen to them. He treated them poorly. He treated his first wife poorly. And then what happened in Gaza is, well, went into a prostitute. And so finally, he went to the, the epitome of this, the shallowest possible, and he got himself a prostitute. And now as he's interacting with Delilah, we see her being the culmination of that. So instead of him using these people anymore, finally he's gotten into a relationship where someone is using him. And so what happens in our relationships when we're treating people shallowly, shallowly, when we're blind to them, when we're just taking them for granted and using the people in our relationships? What ends up happening is they start to use us. They start to use us to get their ends. What we invest in all of those relationships, it will come, those chickens do come to home to roost. That's the way it always works. And Samson's been blind in his relationships. And so when the Philistines blind him, It becomes an external manifestation, an external demonstration, an external revelation of really what's been happening inside. Samson's also been blind to the Philistines. He's just been getting revenge on them. You know, every time they've just wronged him, they've wronged him, they've wronged him. And so he sees himself as being the innocent one in this. So he doesn't see the Philistines as really being his enemy necessarily. The enemy of the Israelites, sure. He won a great victory, sure. He wins these great battles, sure. But he's only fighting these battles because they're attacking him. 
He's only fighting these battles. He's the innocent one in this. And so Samson's blind to the malice of the Philistines. He's not watching himself. He's not protecting himself. He's not guarding himself. He's not seeing the dangers that reside out there around him. He's blind to those dangers. And it's really bad for Samson because then he, set, he lays down his guard. He sets aside his guard for the sake of this nagging woman, for lack of a better word. Delilah keeps after him, keeps after him, keeps after him, and she shows herself to be untrustworthy. But Samson doesn't think that the Philistines could have gotten to her. He doesn't think that you know, his enemies could ever influence the people in his direct vicinity. But they end up being able to. So Samson's blind to those things. He's taking his relationship with his enemies even for granted. He thinks, I can always defeat them. I can always beat them. It doesn't matter. I don't have to be on guard. I don't have to watch it. I don't have to watch my mouth. I don't have to worry about their malevolence. I don't have to worry about their hatred for me. I don't have to worry about my guard. I can always defeat them. And Samson's blind. He's blind to the Philistines. He's blind to their malice. He's blind to their presence. That's really sad because why does Samson become blinded physically? It's because he was already blinded in his relationship to his enemies. He's already blinded there. So that didn't turn out very well for him at all. Thirdly, he was blinded in his relationship with God. Now, it's the craziest thing. When Samson's hair gets cut, verse 20, and he said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as, as at other times and shake myself free. So we see that he's blinded towards his own strength. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Samson took his relationship with God for granted. It didn't really matter to him. He just assumed that it would be there. He assumed that God would bail him out of every bad situation that he got himself into. He assumed that, you know, as long as he didn't, I don't know, do something really bad, that God would always be there. He took God for granted. He was blind to his relationship with God. You know, and that's terrifying. This, this is a terrifying passage. This is a terrifying concept that we could be so blind in our relationship with God that we wouldn't even know that God had left us. You think about that for a moment. Let that sink in. Ponder that reality. That it's possible for a person who's walked with God and had the presence of God in their life, that they could become so blind, they could take it for granted to such a degree that when God leaves, they don't know it. When Jesus leaves, they don't know it. We can become that blind. That's what happened to Samson. And that's what we have to be fearful of. We, are, we need to be fearful of that. You and I need to be fearful of that. That I wouldn't take my relationship with God for granted. 
Oh, I was baptized at some point. Oh, I gave my life to the Lord at some point. Oh, you know, I used to go to church. Oh, I used to do this stuff in church. Oh, I used to have friends. Oh, I went on a mission trip. But all those things, they're in the past. Samson, he took for granted all of those victories that God had given him. Just took them for granted. God's going to keep doing that. God's going to keep working in that way. Samson's not pursuing God. Samson's pursuing his own pleasure. Samson's pursuing his own lust. Samson's pursuing his own emotional desires. He's not pursuing God. He's not humbling himself before God. He's not seeking God and loving God. He gave himself over to a Philistine woman that he's not even married to. Hardening his heart, hardening his heart, hardening his heart, disobeying God, disobeying God, disobeying God. He's not submitting, surrendering, repenting, repenting. That's terrifying. Samson's living his life and his ways and ultimately the Lord left him. Did the Lord leave, leave him in an absolute sense? No. Not at this point. No. We can't get that out of this passage. And I'm not going to put that into this passage. We also don't get any sense of eternal security from this passage. So we can't put that into this passage either. Well, we know from this passage the Lord's left Samson. Samson didn't even know it. He was so blind to God that he became blinded physically. And that's terrifying. So I want to encourage you today, while it is today, if there's any sin in your life, anywhere along the line, that you would take that and you'd repent of it. Because it's not going to bless you and it's not going to benefit you. It will harm you. It will harm your, your relationship with God. That's what sin does to us. Samson, he's not the only person blind in this whole situation. The Philistines are blind too. And the Philistines, they are a representation of the non-Christians in our lives. They are a representation of the non-Christians throughout our world. The Philistines are that representation and they are blind. And they are blind in their victory. Their temporary victory, although they thought it was a lasting victory, turned out to be a temporary victory. And they are blind in their victory. Because they think they have faith in their victory. We have defeated Samson. We have done this. Dagon has given this to us. Now we have the opportunity to rejoice and to, to, to be merry. And they held a feast. Now lords of the Philistines gathered to offer great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. And they said, our God has given Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And so what's going on here? What's happening? What verse is that? In verse 23, what's going on? They are trusting in Dagon. They're not trusting in the Lord. They are trusting in Dagon. Now Dagon, he could be anything that people trust in. He could be anything. He could be relationships that people trust in. He could be money. He could be health. He could be government. He could be the medical system. He could be anything that people trust in instead of trusting in the Lord. He could be everything that people trust in instead of trusting in the Lord. It doesn't matter. Their faith isn't in the Lord. They're not looking to the Lord. They're not humbling themselves before the Lord. They are relying on these other things. All of these 
other things that exist within our world that people rely upon. That's their faith. And they believed that they had won a great victory against Samson. The reality is they hadn't won. God had abandoned Samson. God had turned Samson over to his enemies for a time. God left Samson. Had God wanted to, God could have empowered Samson with the Philistines and Samson's eyes never would have had been gouged out. But God gave Samson over. So the Philistines, they gave credit to their God, trusting in their God, trusting in their power, trusting in the finality of their victory. We have won this victory. They trusted in that. And that victory, that made them drunk. They became drunk on wine, but they became drunk on wine as they were drunk on their victory. Their hearts were merry. They were rejoicing. They were having a good time. They brought Samson out even to entertain them. Call Samson, verse 25. When their hearts were merry, they said, Call Samson, that he may entertain us. Our enemy is going to become our entertainment. We're going to play with him. And they were blind to the danger that was around them. They didn't see it. They didn't understand it. They didn't, they didn't understand the depth of the danger that they were playing with. And as we, and as non-Christians, engage with sin, engage with the enemy, looking at this through the Philistine eyes, I have conquered that. I don't need to worry about that. I have conquered that. I have control over it. Like No. Enemies are always dangerous. Enemies are always dangerous. Dangerous. And that's why we need the Lord. Because Dagon doesn't have the ability to protect the Philistines. Dagon is not powerful. And so also the gods of this world are not powerful. The medical system is not powerful. COVID is showing us that. The political system is not reliable. The riots have shown us that. We can't trust our political system to get us out of this mess. We can't trust them. They're not reliable. They're not looking out. The mask thing. All of these things are teaching us. They're teaching us all sorts of things about our political regimes. All of these responses. They're teaching us about our political regimes. We need to ask ourselves the question, are they doing this for my benefit or are they doing this for theirs? Because it's simply for their benefit. At least we now know where they stand. But now I know that I can't trust them actually to help me. Help me in the long run. Maybe short run, but long run. We need to think about these things. And I'm not saying that I know them absolutely. Not, not at all. I don't know. But I've got all these worries and these concerns that dwell inside of me. And all of the stuff that's going on in America right now is showing me I can't trust our political arena. I suppose it would be an arena. They battle against each other for my vote. We see the failing of these things. I can't trust my health. Even in today's situation, people are having a harder time trusting their relationships. 
Can't trust them. We're just in a small town. I don't have to worry about it. These things in our world, we can't trust their money. You know, there's all sorts of warnings about hyperinflation. We can't trust our money to get us out of the situation. These gods are not powerful to keep us from the power of our enemies. We can't rely upon them. The Philistines were blind in their victory. They were blind to the danger that was at hand. And that blindness killed them because they were trusting in the wrong God, because they were playing with their enemy, thinking that they had conquered, because they thought that they were the ones through their God that had really won this victory. They took credit where they didn't deserve it. And it blinded them. And they mocked Samson for his blindness, for his physical blindness. But they didn't understand the blindness that they were in. And so also we then, we need to take care that we are not blind. We need to take care that we are calling upon the Lord and trusting in the Lord and hoping in the Lord and fearing the Lord. That we would fear walking away from Christ. That we would trust God with our health and with our future and with our livelihood, with our country. We want to trust the votes. We would trust God. We would cry out to Him and pray to Him and look to Him and hope in Him. Because as Samson went through this time of grinding, this grinding at the mill, that's quite the imagery, isn't it? Samson grinding and grinding and grinding. Using his strength to break down flour. To break down meal. That's what Samson's up to. And that grinding that he's doing is having a grinding effect on him. But even though the Lord left him, and the Philistines gouged out his eyes when they cut off his hair, when Samson broke that covenant, the Lord hadn't broken his covenant with Samson. And so Samson's hair began to regrow. We see the Lord is starting to renew Samson. Verse 17. Oh, nope, not that one. Verse 22. But the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. So if you were a Nazarite and you defiled yourself, you had to cut off your hair and restart your Nazarite vow. So that's what happened to Samson. That's what's going on right there. Started anew, started afresh. Don't ever downplay. Don't ever be blind to the possibility of renewal. Don't ever be blind to the possibility of renewal because this is what God is capable of doing. God is capable of taking that which is dead and bringing life into it. We see that with Jesus. We see that in the resurrection. We see that with Samson. We see that which was shaved begins to grow back. That's a gift from God. God can bring renewal. This is why we repent. We need to be blind. We need to be blind to our sins of old. People say it's impossible to change. You can't do it. But they're blind to the possibilities. 
They're blind to the reality of what God can do. Samson's hair begins to regrow. God begins to renew Samson. This is the power of God. Samson was blind to another possibility, to the impossible. Another impossibility that God brings. You know what that is? When their hearts were merry, they said, Call Samson that he may entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison and he entertained them. They made him stand between the pillars. Verse 25. God brought an opportunity for Samson. God provided this. God provided an opportunity to win a great victory. A greater victory than Samson had ever won before. Even though Samson was in the depths of the prison, even though Samson was under the grinding, in that stage, God provided an opportunity for the Israelites through Samson to win a victory over the Philistines. What is impossible for God? What's impossible for God? You say, well, I've wasted my time, I've wasted my talents, I've wasted my opportunity, I've wasted myself, I've wasted all of these things. Okay. I'm sorry about that. Acknowledge it and look to God. God, what sort of possibilities do you have for me tomorrow? What sort of possibilities do you have for me right now? What opportunities are out there? What victories still remain possible for me? Because God can bring those opportunities at any point and at any time. The question is, are you humble enough to take them? Are you humble enough to take them? Don't be blind to the possibility that God can be giving you an opportunity right now, an opportunity to glorify your name. I don't care what you did yesterday. Repent of it. Confess it as sin and leave it behind. Walk with God again because God's got opportunities for us all around us. This is what we're told in Ephesians 2.10, that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he has, which he has prepared in advance that we might walk in them. That's the promise of God. He's got opportunities for you today. Today. Sins of yesterday, repent of them. Put them behind you. Leave them behind. Cease walking in them. Receive the forgiveness that God offers you. Sure, you failed. Be forgiven. God has opportunities. And even the depths of despair, God brings opportunities. Because God hears. God heard Samson. Samson had all that sin in his life. Samson took his relationship with God for granted. Samson let Delilah cut his hair. Samson failed. Samson failed. Samson failed. How could God ever accept him back? How could that ever happen? Samson failed. But do you know what the reality is? When Samson cried out to the Lord, the Lord heard. Trust God. 
Sure, you've failed. Sure, you've had problems. Sure, you've had issues. Sure, you've got sin in your life. Confess it. Repent of it. Trust in Jesus. Cry out to the Lord. For all those who cry out to the Lord shall be saved, we're told in Romans 10. That's a promise. You will be heard. Humble yourself and cry out to the Lord. Samson, he gave his life to the Lord. Oh, we could have arguments about the way that Samson says these things. And Samson's doing here. That I may be avenged on the Philistines from my two eyes. Am I saying that Samson's perfect? Are we perfected right away, instantaneously? No. No. But Samson's finally acknowledging he's no longer blind to one thing. He's no longer blind to the presence of the Lord. Samson finally sees. He sees that his great strength wasn't just his, it was God's. He sees that the opportunities and situations that are provided are provided by God. He finally sees God rightly. He finally cries out to God. He cried out once before when he was thirsty afraid that God had left him. But then he just took God for granted. Now he sees the reality of God and he sees his need and he cries out to God and God saves him. God hears and answers. So this day, if there's darkness in your life, if you find blindness in any area, Submit yourself to the Lord and cry out to Him. Trust in Him. Look for the opportunities that He has. Don't be blind. Repent of your sins. Have you been blind to your relationships? Have you been using people? Have you been blind to the enemies around you? Open your eyes. See what God has provided. Good relationships. Godly relationships. Pursue those. Seek those out. Flee from your enemies. For Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Don't play with our enemy. Get sin out of your life. Because Christ offers forgiveness and renewal and growth and hope and opportunities and potential. This, these are all offered in Christ. This is what he wants for you. This is what he wants for his church. This is what he wants for his people. This is what he wants for me. This is what God has. Will you trust him and take it? Amen. Let us pray. Father, we need you. We need you. We need you to be at work in our lives to bless us, to grant us the strength to destroy our enemies. We need you. We need you to open our eyes that we might see you rightly and clearly. We need you. May we not take you for granted. What you've done in our world, what you are doing, what you've done in our lives, what you are doing. May we not take you for granted. 
Lord, that you might be glorified, that you might be revealed in all that we do. Father, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.